My name's Josh. I'm a co-host on The Imperfects, the son of Sri Lankan and English immigrants, and I grew up on and am now raising my children on Wurundjeri country. I'd like to recognise the traditional peoples of this continent whose land was stolen nearly 250 years ago. In particular, we at The Imperfects would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast was recorded, and we extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. I'm inspired by the strength and endurance of the world's oldest living culture, and we at The Imperfects pay homage to the traditions of story when we share stories on our podcast. Hi, everyone. Just a quick heads up before we jump into today's podcast episode with the wonderful Darcy Vessio. On a few occasions, I use the wrong pronouns for Darcy. In the editing process, we had a choice as to whether or not we leave those mistakes in there. We've decided to leave those mistakes in there. And the reason for that very simply is that we felt as though it kind of led us to a really great conversation with Darcy on this very point. Um, And it's a conversation that we felt was quite important to have. So we really hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode with Darcy Vesio. And I apologise for getting the pronouns wrong uh, on those few occasions. The Imperfects invites you into a very safe place. A place where we share without judgment and drink heaps and heaps of vulnerability. Grab yourself a cup. This is the Vulnerability House. God, I really stretch that out, don't I? It is, it is long, isn't it? Yeah. It's long. It's a long intro. It's yeah. unnecessarily long. Yeah. But, you know, it's you got to have an intro. you got to have an intro. You do, especially when we have a guest like we do today. Yeah, of course. We have football. Well, I was going to say football, but also just human being royalty uh, with us. Um, <laughs> human being royalty. Isn't that the queen? Oh, no. That's, yes. <laughs> We, we, we haven't got the queen. And she's a pretty good footballer. <laughs> Human, got it. If we had Mark of the year, the queen. Took I mean, Darcy, we're stoked to have you. But if we had the queen, imagine if Liz was sitting here. Imagine that, <laughs> and you're led yeah, with that. football. <laughs> oh yeah, true. <laughs> football royalty, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make sense to say human being royalty, but uh, we have a great person in today and a, and a wonderful footballer. So we are so lucky to be joined by Darcy Vessio today, mm-hmm. which is a miracle that she's here because it was left to me from an admin point of view to arrange this. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't believe this has happened, to be honest. Yeah. A few hiccups along the way, but we're here. <laughs> Please say more, Darcy. What's the, we love hearing Hugh Van Kylenberg hiccups. <laughs> no, it was my fault as well. Um, I think we were just a lot of delays between replies and then last minute pull out. I got COVID and then okay. Hugh thought I still had COVID. So I was mm. like, oh, we're still on for tomorrow. This was a while back. Yeah. Uh, and you were yeah. like, no, but you've got COVID. And I was like, I did have COVID, but now I'm out. <laughs> but Hugh's still trying to come to terms with the fact that people actually do get over COVID, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you know, most people do get over COVID. So it's great you got over COVID. Thank great. you. Well, Thanks for being here. Well, I'm a little bit nervous for a couple of reasons. Um, I'm a huge fan of Darcy, so that's one of the reasons I'm a little bit nervous, but then I've also got to read her bio and that makes me nervous reading uh, yes. her bio. So, you have to read it out loud. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, know. yeah. yeah. I think people who listen to this show know that I'm not the best at reading out loud to people. Can read, competent reader. Just yeah. not add it aloud to people. So yeah, well, looking forward to your attempt now. <laughs> I got no two pressure. things. I got two things I want to read. First of all, yeah. I, I have um, Darcy's bio, but then I also have I sent a message to someone who you know very well, Darcy, and ask 
for her take on you and she sent me a message to describe you. So I want to read that out to you as well because I think it's really nice. So, okay. Oh, my God, quaint, the queen. Okay. <laughs> Lizzie. <laughs> Lizzie's got a few things to say. She enjoyed the mark of the year. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, actually, I feel good about this, I have to say. Darcy Vessio is an Australian rules footballer playing for the Carlton Football Club in the AFL women's competition. At the conclusion – oh, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Not a conclusion. I skipped a paragraph. Darcy was signed as a marquee player by Carlton in July 2016, ahead of the league's inaugural 2017 season. They made their debut, debut in round one 2017 in the club and the league's inaugural match at Icon Park against Collingwood. They kicked a game-high four goals in the match, which was more than Collingwood's overall team score. Yes. I probably didn't need to add that bit, but it's a bit of a sledge to Collingwood. Yeah? <laughs> At the conclusion of the 2017 season, Vessio was the AFLW leading goal kicker, was nominated by their teammates for the AFLW Players Most Valuable Player Award and was listed in the 2017 All-Australian team. Their mark in front of the goal in round five against Western Bulldogs was voted by the fans as the mark of the year. And we just watched that just then and yeah. it was a bloody great mark. Yeah, One-hander. Love a one-hander. <laughs> <laughs> Vessio broke – Vessio. Darcy broke the record. <laughs> da- Darcy wow. broke the record for the most AFLW career goals in round eight, 2021, when they booted five goals against the Gold Coast to reach 40 career goals. So that's what that's the how am I going so far? Yeah, yeah, great. I mean, usually yeah. you don't need to just ask for validation during the, <laughs> during the introduction because, but you are doing really well here. Thanks, guys. Like, it's Thank great. You so much. It reminds me of primary. It reminds me of primary school when you're learning to read, and the teacher will just pick people out at random to read a paragraph. That's where my fear comes from. I think uh, it's a yeah. horrible fear. Oh. Do you have any sort of fears like that, Darcy? Um, I don't. I don't know, actually. To I'll be throw honest. you on the spot now, sorry. Yeah, yeah, get into it today. Isn't that part of the yeah. podcast? Isn't well, that could be one of the, oh gosh, one of the questions. Huh? Oh, yeah, imagine if that was the top card. <laughs> <laughs> it just, do you have any fears like that, Darcy? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a very specific question. <laughs> so I messaged Daisy Pierce, and uh, who uh, Daisy Pierce is well known as one of the all-time legends of AFLW. Um, Incredible person, incredible footballer. Someone I'm guessing that being a little bit younger, someone you probably look up to a little bit. I, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot there and going, no, not really. C- certainly, yeah, certainly, I certainly yeah. look up to Daisy. So here's it'd Daisy. Be, it'd be a strange no from Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, I don't look up to her. Yeah. <laughs> She's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what she says about you. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, so here, I, I just, a quick message to Daisy. Uh, I said, I'm going to introduce um, Darcy. Any thoughts? And she said, Darcy is one of the kindest, funniest, most thoughtful and talented people I know. 50% of their talents are amazing, wide-ranging things like football, tennis. Was ball kid of the year at the Australian Open. Every sporting kid's dream. Wow. Is that true? That's true. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, where, that's where the one-handed ball skills come <laughs> yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, overall sporting coordination, graphic design, and excellent social awareness. Thankfully, the other 50% are very niche. You might even say completely useless, <laughs> like being able to build a lifelike gigantic Big M carton costume. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Hopefully that comes up as a, in the, the tea house. Yeah. <laughs> the what costume have you? Yeah. Um, I say thankfully because if they were all useful talents, us normal people would feel completely inadequate. I love them as a footballer because they're really uh, instinctive. I have this unique movement to signature and so often you think they've mistimed a mark or out of the contest, but it's all part of the plan and they win their ball from positions that they really shouldn't. So there you go. Pretty nice um, oh, summary of you. That's really kind. Uh, and yeah, I 
I'm a good friend. Oh, well, Daisy and I are good friends, but I look up to her immensely. So thanks, Daisy. That's cool. That's <laughs> very Too cool. Too kind. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, unless we want to talk about anything, unless you've got any more reading you want to do. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's my, I'll close my laptop to, to really symbolize the fact I have to read again so I can relax. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Darcy, you've heard the Vulnerability House before. Uh-huh. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank no you for problem. being here. The bluey cards are in front of you, as you can see. Um, now, the way you, you know, but the way it works, you pick three, pick the top three cards. They've been shuffled, lay them out, read them out, and then if any of those questions speak to you in in any way, um, hopefully you can shed some vulnerability with us. All right, <laughs> I'll give it a go. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. What has been your biggest failure and was it good for you? Mm. Mm. You're looking at me there like, <laughs> oh, you could answer this one. Yeah. <laughs> You're a failure. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's not going to haunt you. Darcy Vessio looking you dead in the eye. You're a failure, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, what has it taken you too long to realise? Mm. And what's the bravest thing you've done? Big questions. Yeah, they are big questions. You usually don't put big questions in this deck. Yeah, well, they, they pop up every now and again. <laughs> but, yeah, this is, a, this is the trifecta of big questions. Mm. It's, un- yeah, the luck or unluck of the draw, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, obviously only if you feel comfy. Yeah, this is, yeah. I mean, it'd be a very short podcast if you don't want to. But, <laughs> yeah. but, no, but in saying that, you, like, there's no pressure for anyone to ever, you know. Yeah. Be uh, vulnerable. While, while I have to answer this question, you know. I can pick another card. I mean, and yeah. courage for you, it could be, you know, every weekend when you walk out and play. I mean, for someone who played a little bit of football. Here I we was, go. I was <laughs> <laughs> a few war stories from Van Collenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've played a bit of footy in my time. <laughs> Before you answer these questions, <laughs> let me t- tell you my football. <laughs> I found it terrifying playing football. I would oh, get yeah. so I just I was genuinely scared, and that'll surprise no one that played with me. But um, so yeah. yeah, that could be the most courageous thing you do. I don't know. No, that's well. I'd like to hear more about your career later <laughs> if, we've, if we've got time. So would I, Darcy. <laughs> so would I. I used to uh, full of contested possessions. Speaking about people who've played footy, <laughs> I uh, I played a bit in my time as well. I used to actually, I used to call myself a goal sneak. Like that's <laughs> yeah. how I referred to myself because I kind of I was too terrified to go into the packs. So I, I I sort of called myself a goal sneak. So I would sit on the kind of the the outside of the packs, hoping that it, the ball would come out just straight into my hands and I could, like, snap it over. Because if you snap for a goal, it's more forgivable if you miss as opposed <laughs> to, like, being a spearhead full forward. If I'm a goal sneak and it's like, well, if I can sneak a goal, yeah. then should be all very happy. How, how many did you sneak? Not many, if any, <laughs> a scribe once said. <laughs> <laughs> to reference to the great New Zealand rapper Scribe, not many, if any. Oh, dear. Um, Sorry, yes. Darcy. We've... But you're a goal kicker. No, no, that Darcy. sounds... Prolific goal kicker. Prolific. No, I, well, I try. I try to be a goal sneak. Yeah. Um, What's the best goal you've snuck? I don't know, actually. Did, don't... Have you ever, like, snuck any from the boundary? You know, there's, like, dribble, dribble them in? You know, those no, like... I, would, I would love to yeah. do that, but I haven't really had... I don't think there's been a moment where I've been yeah. on the boundary and the sort of it's been open for a dribble kick. Well, what you got to do is just wait out there and hope the ball be scared yeah. like rolls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. That would be the dream to kick a goal like that. 
because if I'm if I'm doing any goal kicking practice, it's always dribble kicks or snaps from the boundary line. Yeah. So I feel like that was my specialty. You don't see too many people turn up to the park with a footy and have shots from ten meters out directly in <laughs> yeah, front you of you. Don't. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's true. I'm just going to yeah. work on the basics today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, none of the high percentage shots. Yeah. Practiced. Um, Darcy, we've absolutely Sorry, taken over no. your, your tea house. Sorry. No, no problem. Um, I think I'll do um, what's the bravest thing you've done. And, uh, yeah, I guess it sort of feels kind of relevant um, mm. because, yeah, at the end of last year um, I shared publicly that I'm non-binary um, mm. and that – yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't usually self-describe as brave. It's sort of not really something that would spring to mind. But, yeah, I felt like it was something that did feel a little bit daunting, um, something that I was. I felt like I really wanted to do, but something that felt like it did have some risk attached. What 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 was the risk you were worried about? Well, I suppose for me, like, I feel like I'm someone that people know quite well and there definitely is that sense of familiarity especially publicly as well like and I suppose with something like this like I guess there was a fear that maybe people would see me differently or um yeah like they just I get and there was that um not knowing how people would react as well both publicly and privately Mm -hmm. but yeah like I I'm really glad that I did it and um I feel really fortunate to have had like such a great response and mm. and also I got to do it on my own terms as well, which meant that I could sort of build a support network around me before sharing things more widely. So I felt like I did have a really good support base. And so I'm really interested to hear how you actually decide to share it in the end. But just to go back a bit, is this something you'd been aware of for a while and had sort of been trying to reconcile in your own mind or was it was it something you'd sort of come to later on? It's probably not something that I've really thought about for a long time or it was never something that troubled me or like I never really felt like um, there was tension or anything with my own gender identity. Like sexuality was something that I more probably delved into and thought about but it wasn't until maybe like the past year or so that I really started to consider that side of myself and delve a bit deeper that yeah, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, if like, I guess being non-binary is an option, um, that definitely sits a lot more comfortably for me than identifying as a woman. And it, yeah, it's sort of a, it's a strange thing because it really changes nothing, but it, it changes, it does change things. Um, So it's, yeah, it's a weird sort of one. And and was there, was there something that you read or someone you saw or someone that inspired you or or introduced you to the idea for the first time of non-binary and making that an option for you? Um, I wouldn't say there's sort of one person. I, I feel like I have over the years been consuming more, I guess, a more diverse range of podcasts or uh, reading. I don't really read. I listen to audio books. I've listened to yours, Hugh. Oh. Um, <laughs> both of them? Uh, yeah, both of them. Oh, actually. Wow. Um, so, um, yeah. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> but yeah, I think just being more aware, you know, even having people like Sam Smith come out and mm. yeah, just seeing more people in the world mm. be non-binary and, and yeah, understanding that that is a completely fine thing to be. And even actually I listen to Dr. Eve Reese, um, their yeah. book as well. And like, I loved that. 
and I know you've had them on the podcast, yeah, really. um, but they, yeah, they were really incredible to listen yeah. to as well. But yeah, it wasn't particularly like a moment or anything. Um, I probably, I think I told my partner, Emily, like in June and, and like, she's been wonderful. Like, I'm so lucky to have such a supportive partner. And for her, it was like, it's completely fine. Like, that's the thing I think mm. for some people I told, like, it was kind of like, yeah, that's. That seems about right. Like it sort of was. Oh, really? Yeah. a surprise. Yeah, I don't think it would be particularly surprising um, for the people closest to me. But then, yeah, I sort of, I remember I went on, actually, I went on Dylan Friends. Um, I was speaking to Dill. And in his podcast, I, like, uh, I don't know what point I was making, but I was sort of self-describing myself and I used the term woman. And that was, this would have been in maybe October or so. Mm. And that was probably the first time that it just didn't really, like I was kind of like, oh, why did I even say that? Like mm. I don't even, like that doesn't feel like it's Gosh. a natural thing for me to say anymore. And that was probably the first time that I was like, oh, I think I would be in a good position to talk more publicly and, and share a little bit, especially with the people around me, not just Emily. Um, so that was so that podcast with Deal was in October, did you say? October? Maybe it was in October or so. Um, and then, and then by the end of that year? You'd made the decision. Yeah, to that sort of surged me into action. I wow. Think. I so was not like, even like privately, but also publicly. That's yeah. Inc- that's, I mean, that is incredibly yeah. brave. To, yeah. Yeah. Inspiring. I, well, yeah, I think it was like, it was just a moment where I was like, oh, like that just doesn't sit well anymore. And mm. you don't have to keep saying that. Like, it's almost like I said it just to see, um, even though I'd already told my partner that I was non-binary, it was sort of just um, one of those moments that I think. Sometimes you do that to yourself. Yeah. You say something and yeah. then you're like, hmm, it's a little test. <laughs> so, do you, so the brave, just coming back to the cut, so do mm. you feel, because I just said that it's very brave, in your mind do you feel like the the act of recognising it within yourself and sort of speaking to yourself about it, was that the brave thing or was the brave thing talking to talking publicly about it or telling Emily or telling, like was there a specific part that you felt was brave or, or just all of it generally? Um, I don't know, to be honest. I, I feel like... I mean, not that it matters, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it just, just, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it can can be feel like a brave thing just to share who you are with people yeah. um, when it's not necessarily... Like you know that it's not accepted by some people. Um, yeah. That's probably where that comes from. But also, yeah, I... I feel like doing it publicly as well. Like it does feel like there is risk when people know you a certain way mm-hmm. or, and especially playing AFLW, like, you know, that if people aren't on board, on board or aren't understanding mm-hmm. of gender um, and how that works, um, then you do feel like you can be, they don't feel like you belong in that space mm-hmm. anymore. And that was, that felt like something that I was worried about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there a, as growing up as a kid or as a teenager, you were always filling out forms, male or female. Was there ever a point growing up where you thought, hmm, this doesn't, neither of these options feel right? Or was it something mm. you never really questioned when you were growing up? Yeah, I probably didn't really question it growing up. But I look back and I think there there are moments where this makes a lot of sense for me, even in terms of like if people weren't sure if I was a boy or a girl, like I kind of like thrived on that. Like, really? Yeah. And like with footy, like sometimes it would happen, like people would not be sure um, and that was kind of like a badge of honour. Mm. But 
yeah, I, I don't like I definitely didn't feel like like tormented or anything um yeah. in that space. Like But I imagine um to pick you up on what you were saying before about there might have been a slight fear about the the people the that people knew you and you had a sort of uh, why do I go to the word reputation? That's not what I mean, but, but there's knowledge identity of your identi- of your identity prior to this in the public eye. And I'm uh, would it be right to assume that you felt very at home in the AFLW world and football world? And mm. that was the was it kind of like a fear of losing that place of belonging? Yeah, I'd say so because yeah, we've sort of really carved out this space in a very male dominated industry. Um, and the W is something that you know we wear with pride. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I yeah, you do feel like oh, am I still able to be part of that space or claim that to be part of that space? But yeah, it's it's still something that like I think it'll take a long time to sort of work through that and understand that. Um, yeah. And and like I'm not the only non-binary player in the AFLW as well. So like that really helps too. Of course. Um but yeah, it's just one of those things where I feel like as humans you're always like where do I belong? Yeah. Like is is this my group like mm. um and anything that sort of I don't know, maybe tests that or shakes that a little bit can be hard. And so when you did announce it on your own terms, as you said, um, were your fears um, validated or were they squelled? Squel- Is that a word? Squashed? Squel- Squel- away. Squelched. 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 <laughs> Squelched. <laughs> not squelched. Were your fears... Quashed. Oh, I know what you... Oh, quashed. quashed. That's quashed. the word. Were your fears quashed. Quashed. quashed? quashed is a strange word, isn't it, yeah. now that we're on the subject? <laughs> yes. really Why drop the S from the top? Yeah. What's, yeah, yeah. Quashed versus squashed. Mm. Anyway. That's the that should have been one of the questions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's an episode. Do you quash or squash? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's have a lemon quash, please. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, yeah. Quash. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was that like? It was were the fears validated or not? No, I think I think I knew that it would be okay. Like I think, like the AFLW space and the community that surrounds it. Uh, very progressive. Mm. Um, and I think I knew that this would be something that would be widely supported. Gee, that, how good's that? Yeah, it, mm. it is amazing. Like, the AFLW community, and to me as a brand, it's just about progressive, um, accepting yeah. love. It's just, it really is, I mean, it's miles ahead of any other sporting league I can think of in that area. Yeah, no, it which is. Which must be great. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. And you do feel like... Um, cause even like talking to my teammates before the public announcement, like just knowing that you've got like a pack of 28, 29 other people who mm. are like ready to fight for you if need be, <laughs> like that's pretty amazing, amazing. too. Like wow. most people don't have access to an immediate network like that, Totally. um, which is incredible. But yeah, there were, you know, like with anything, um, there are people who were negative about it, but it was it mostly like they stuck out. Yeah. Like they looked stupid to be honest. Like <laughs> yeah. it looked really silly. Um, like if you just had a look of, at comments or anything like that. And yeah, I didn't feel like I had to be engaging with them. Um, yeah, because a lot not. of other people yeah. would, but a lot of the time, like if there were like things said that just weren't okay, like I just delete it just because mm. like I, I'm pretty tight with my own social media presence. Like I, don't want to 
it to ever be hijacked or used in a way that would make other people feel bad because, you know, I can take it, but, you know, there are other people who, like, if they see that on my page, then, like, that's not okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. I I guess I hadn't, to be honest, I hadn't even thought about the social media thing, which is probably completely ignorant of me. I I was, Mm. because there's always going to be, idiots out there saying stupid hurtful stuff um yeah I was I was sort of more interested which you've answered so beautifully about the the your team and the the AFLW and the the, I guess the people that matter (laughs) yeah I was pretty blown away like um and I don't know why because our team is really young and the young people in my team Mm. like they're so much more progressive and open about things like like I should have known it would have been fine like I, I remember after one of the team meetings, I um, went out the front and sort of explained myself and what had been going on. And like, did my, anyone know that was about to happen? Did you word it up anyone, or you just said, "Guys, I just want to say something very quickly." No, a few of them knew, okay. um, just because I'd been I'd been all over the shop at training, just sort of leading into that. But yeah, I sort of said it, and like that was so so supportive. Like like I get emotional thinking about it now. But yeah, that. They were just like just big hugs and everything like that. So that's how they showed you that like as soon as you said it, it was hugs and like. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it sort of feels like um, the AFLW, because I, I sort of like have this sort of utopian hope that in like the generations to come, like society will kind of figure its shit out and the young people who actually are progressive and they'll kind of take, once they take over and the older generations Leave us mm. the, the die or yeah die <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah die once they are quashed I'm not <laughs> once they quash um, yeah, exactly I don't know why I said leave us I'm trying to like soften it but yeah. people die it's not a big deal what is a big deal anyway wow <laughs> I'm doing great um, no but it's almost like the, it seems like the AFLW and maybe this was unconsciously what other than loving football, what maybe drew you to wanting to play AFLW, I don't know, but it almost seems like it's a microcosm or like a an example of how society can evolve. Like it mm. seems like it's such like a progressive like yeah. like little example exa- of yeah, shining light. Yeah, yeah. shining mm. yeah, example of what of how it could be because the fact that you could go into that which if you weren't part of the AFLW, if you were well, if if uh, if someone in the AFL, if a ma- if a man in the in the AFL wanted to be come out non-binary, I feel like it would be a far bigger a, b- mm. a bigger hurdle to jump over because um, it hasn't got that progressive like the 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 roots of AFLW sound like it's just so for you to feel so safe mm. and okay about talking about it and supported is just. Well, it says a lot about the AFLW in yeah. such a good way. Yeah, and I guess um, like women's footy as a, a whole has been kind of built by queer communities. Like that's sort of mm-hmm. where it, it's begun. Mm. Um, so it's sort of always had those roots mm. um, and it's just continued to grow into something that is more mainstream. But I think at the core of it, it is, you know, built around celebrating difference and um, embracing all different types of people. But, yeah, I remember I came out of um, talking to my teammates and uh, one of my teammates, Plano, like came up to me and 
she was like, oh, duh. I was like, I thought you were going to announce you were retiring or something. She was like, I, you, I saw you, so, you were so upset. Yeah. And you were just like, I'm non-binary. And I was like, fuck yeah, bitch. Like, she was like, oh. Like, it was just like, it was just like, no worries at all. Like, that is, that is awesome. Like, yeah, what a love one. Her greatest fear was that we're going to start losing if you yeah. leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it was so that was sort of the general theme, like, yeah, the players just, they wanted to celebrate it. And, yeah, that was a really nice thing. Can I ask about the tears when you, so you said before you were really upset as you were saying it. I, I read somewhere that you said they weren't tears, like they weren't tears of sadness. It was mm-hmm. something else. Can you describe that to us? What I mean, Obviously getting up and, and talking about, I see a lot of this working at clubs when players get up and talk about their life. Sometimes it, it's not even that. Yeah. I mean, yours is quite a significant announcement, but sometimes it's just something about revealing something about yourself can make you really emotional. Mm. Can you describe what those tears were like? Yeah, I guess it. you do feel like, yeah, you're kind of peeling layers of yourself back. Mm. Um, and that, yeah, that in itself, like it doesn't really matter what you're saying. Like it does feel like you're in quite a, a vulnerable position and you're not really sure, yeah, what the response will be. But yeah. um, I think I felt like a great sense of, almost relief, um, like happiness. What, where's the, what was the relief? What, what, is that, what was the relief in reference to? Well, I think that once I got to, to the point where I was like, oh, I need to tell people, like I don't want to like kind of hold it just with uh, myself and Emily anymore. I think, yeah, the relief was just because I almost felt like I just wanted to burst sort of thing. Like it was like, mm. no, like I, it shouldn't be something that I just hold for myself. Mm. But yeah, I like like I I don't think I've ever cried that much in that sort of few month period. Like like I probably in the past like I've been someone who like I don't usually cry that much, which isn't at all a badge of honor, but um mm. like now nowadays like I just cry and then I'm just like next minute I'm like what are we doing? Like I'm just <laughs> like But like it's quite nice like being able to do that. And and yeah, like I guess it is like when you're talking about yourself in that way. It is like a hard thing to not cry about because like so often you live your life and you're just talking about literally anything else but mm. like how you're really feeling. Mm. So so it was, yeah, it was quite intense to sort of just spend like a lot of time talking to people about that. Yeah. I mean the, the thing that I – to come back to the word courage on, on the card that you chose – I think it's really courageous because what you're doing is you're allowing other people out there. You know, it could be a younger Darcy Versio just hearing that, going, "That's me. That that's exactly who I am." And she can share that with the world. I can share that with my partner. I can share that with my mm. whoever it is. And I think for me, that's why I think it's so unbelievably courageous. Even though you know, for yourself, or like, yeah, this is who I am. But to yeah, expose yourself for that, I think it's it's incredibly brave. Thanks you. Not a question. Just said something. <laughs> <to it>. Statement. <laughs> well, just I mean, did you experience that like when you spoke publicly about it, and it was in the news, and clearly then the world found out? Did you experience people reaching out to you and getting in contact or anything like that? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I definitely um, have had people um, sort of write um, little comments and things and mm. say that it has helped. Like I'm really glad that I can do that for other people as well. Well, I guess like that's how I've kind of gotten to this point as well, just by seeing other people um, be that in the world. So, 
yeah, it has been nice to, mm. to get those little notes as well. I, I hope this isn't a crass question, but is how good you are at football, like you're amazing, does that give you confidence to, to be able to do this? Do you know mm. what I mean? Like does yeah. being exceptional at what you do, yeah, give you the confidence? <laughs> well, I think there is certainly a element of privilege that comes with sharing something like this, like – yeah, like I feel like I have been part of the face of AFLW and everything like this. So, I, like I do feel protected in a way that if it was to go poorly or, you know, like if I like I feel like I would have that support. Mm. And, yeah, and I do feel like, you know, <laughs> I'm not on the edge of a list or anything like that. Like I'm, you know, I feel secure in my spot and things like that. So I think that certainly would play into it, like – yeah, I've got so much support around me mm. um, and that I think that does give you confidence to be able to share all different parts of yourself, whether it's gender or anything else. After you had, I mean, obviously you got the immediate um, support of your teammates, as you said so beautifully before. In in general, you're saying you were, there was, sounds like there was a lot of inner turmoil maybe is the word leading up to it. Did that dissipate to a degree was there a sense of relief once you felt once you started talking about it and and mm. uh yeah talking about it in public yeah definitely I think like going through the process of telling people individually like that was really nice but it was also like really exhausting because you'd sort of like I'd have like a general like a mailing list no, not really um just like a general <laughs> message that I would send out but I'd oh, personalize yeah. it <laughs> Um, dear reader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to whom it may concern. <laughs> and it should concern you. <laughs> um, but it was a big, uh, like sending that off would feel good, but then there was sort of the anticipation and waiting to see what the response would be. Um, so it just kind of felt like every time oh, yeah. it would just be wow. a, a big emotional roller coaster. So it was kind of nice just to put it out there and then be like everyone like people will know now and I don't need to mm. have that private conversation anymore. Yeah. Did you, I'm guessing you told your parents somewhere along this journey as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I told my parents. It's a good guess, you. <laughs> well, I'm g- <laughs> because yeah, you to find if they, he listened to The Imperfect, <laughs> quite the reveal. Yeah. Um, no, I, I did um, tell mum and dad. Did it you tell them when, when in the order? For some reason I'm interested in, was that after the – players or was yeah, that, yeah it was I think it was um yeah it was like no it was the day before the players I think but like, I'd already it's like, told it's like you've asked Darcy to rank her top friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah. Yeah. um no I told them and um yeah mum and dad were really good um I think like I just sent a message to mum um and I didn't expect them to be fully across, I guess, the terms and everything and what it means. And um, But mum sort of, yeah, she just, you know, said she loved me and everything like that, like, and just said, yeah, we'll just chat about it when you're, when you're home sort of thing because I think she said, um, I've Googled it. It's very confusing. Um, <laughs> we'll just chat about it when you're here. You <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's fair, like, because it is confusing. And, and we had some really good chats about it. Because I think the hard thing for mum to understand was that she's like, so you're not changing anything. So nothing changes. 
I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, I think that's what, okay, but I don't understand, but nothing changes. But, and I'm like, oh, mum, it's just, I'm sort of just letting you know how I feel. Like, it's just like having a conversation about anything and you come out of it understanding someone's perspective or how they're feeling. Mm. And then it makes more sense. Mm, and yeah. she was like, okay. Um, so yeah, it is a bit of a process. But and, and did you tell your dad as well? Like, he, did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think dad and I have sort of mentioned a little bit around it. We probably haven't had like a really deep conversation, but yeah. he's, yeah, he's, they're very supportive parents. And yeah, he shows his love in all different ways, I think. Um, but we haven't really, like with mum, I've had that conversation and I assume she's probably spoken to dad about it in that way as well. But yeah, I'm really lucky. And I've read that you grew up playing footy with your with your brother. Mm-hmm. Is he older or younger? I've got two brothers. Oh, two so brothers. I've got an older and a younger brother. Oh, okay. Um, and, and and you've told them and obviously Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, they're they're very supportive um and protective. Um but yeah, they're they're really awesome. Yeah, they're just like, We love you. Um, mm. you know, we support you. Um let Play us on. know if you need Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like um and they have a better understanding of what it means as well. Um, compared to mum and dad. So I was just thinking like with your parents, so there's obviously there are sons and there's daughters. Yeah. So is there a term, a correct term for a non-binary child? I actually I don't. I love the way your brain thinks so much. I really well, do. Because I was going to say, because what I was going to say, and I stopped myself, but I was going to say, and I apologise, but what I was going to say is like, well, they should be proud. Darcy Vesio is their daughter. And I was like, well, I won't say that because you're not a yeah. daughter. No, it's a good question because I actually thought about that. Um, must have been a little while after I told them. I was like, "Oh, that's complicated." Like, mm. what? Like, I actually don't know what the term is. Mm. Like, I would still be comfortable, I think, if they said that I was their daughter. And the same for my brothers. I'm like, mm. well, like, will Zeb and Lewis still say sister, or will they say mm. just sibling? Like, I'm not really sure. Mm. Um, but it's probably something that I should look up and get a better grip of. Because I was like, that's yeah. kind of, like, it is awkward could for them. name it if no one's thought of it before. You could call. <laughs> it's a real opportunity. We could do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> we're trying to get in on it. <laughs> we could name it after you, Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> this is my Darcy. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it's funny because this whole process, it, it feels strange because it's everyone around you has to adjust but you don't really have to adjust. Like mm. it almost, like at footy training, like everyone's making an effort to not say, come on girls. But like, I'm like, well, I can say that. But it's like, but it's not really, so like, it's a perfect example. But it's not really fair. So we're trying to just use like gender neutral terms for everything. But it is one of those things where I'm like, you never want to be an inconvenience or anything. But it is hard to, because it's like everyone else has to do the yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll start thinking about, I feel like we need to think of a term. Yeah. Not now, but you know, I can. But I had to see it later off there. <laughs> Might take a while, but be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> be worth it. It's such a fascinating conversation to have, though, mm. because I feel like, I mean, the main reason I think it's fascinating is because I just think a lot of people out there listening will be relating to this now and going, yeah, that's that's me. And and it's probably not why you do it, but you're inspiring, you know, a younger generation of people to go, uh, mm. this is how I identify and, and I'm going to tell people rather than holding it in. It sounds like for you, the, the decision, it didn't take that long for you to go, do you know what? This is who I am. I'm going to tell people. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, like, I couldn't really give you an exact timeline, but 
yeah, once I sort of sat with it and um, was like, oh, yeah, that does feel, that feels a lot more comfortable and that feels, yeah, it just feels, I guess, warm, um, which mm. is a nice feeling. Yeah. I'm fascinated by this concept that my psychologist once mentioned to me, um, cognitive cohesion, and I was thinking about it in the in this framework and on a very minor different sort of example, I always find when if I've been trying to work something out inside that's sort of giving me some kind of inner turmoil about who I am or what's happening and if I can find the words and the the ability to describe that and then live that way that I've been sort of seeking, the Mm -hmm. sense of um, well-being, the sense of comfort and it's like a weight that you didn't know was on your shoulders is really was is gone i feel like what you've done is like level 99 of that like this intense mm. like the the biggest way possible you can do it and i just and couldn't give darcy level 100 what? <laughs> <laughs> in that is that a phrase is there a level oh probably maybe there is sorry yeah i, don't I think know. it's a phrase but i don't know level it, 99 maybe there is. To down to 99 <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but I imagine the, the to use the term, which I think applies, the cognitive cohesion that you now live with every day, um, it's just, I'm just imagining that must feel bloody fantastic. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, the ability to, I guess, articulate better how you're feeling and being able to talk about it with other people and even just have, yeah, the terms for yourself, like when you're thinking, yeah, um, be able to... Not categorise. I feel like that's the wrong way to put it, especially in this conversation. But yeah, articulate. Um, and, yeah, and then also just to be able to live who you are. Yeah, and be accepted for that. Yeah, yeah. No, it is a good feeling. Yeah, great. Well, I can tell you, your your comment about the future generation and young people being more accepting. It's. I mean, my son is five, and when he was four, he came home from kinder one day, and he said to me, out of nowhere, completely, we weren't talking about anything like this, but he just said, sometimes people are a he. Sometimes they're a she and sometimes they're a they. No, a they. He said they're a they. So he called them a they for a long time. But but he learned that from the age of – and totally – like he's like, yeah, mm. that makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Mm. And I remember thinking, my gosh, the, the, the future is bright when mm. four-year-olds are being taught at kinder now about this is how people feel, this is what some people are, this is what some people aren't. And he, was like, he wasn't like, what do you mean? He wasn't confused by it at all, mm. not no. in the slightest. So sometimes I think it's a bit of a lazy excuse for older people to go, and, and I'm not saying your mum, but like generations of people going, well, that's no, that's not true. It's mm. my four-year-old son understands it. Like he's, yeah, he's all yeah. over it. He's yeah. all over it, and he's totally fine with it. Which is which is so. And he he asks me often. He wants me to. He, he says, "Oh, can you tell me when we see a they? I really want to know." Which is really cool. So I, I yeah. sort of feel like the future is bright, and you are a huge part of sort of paving the way to make it that way. So mm. um, courageous, yes, and I think you should also be bloody proud. Thank you. Thanks, Darcy. I'm also I'm I'm aware, and I can't stop thinking about it. That um, no, no, no. It's it's just to acknowledge the fact that I, a few times we've slipped up and we've said she or her, and I apologise for that. But um, how like how does that? How do you feel when like when I accidentally that you know I accidentally say that mm. my intentions are like you know, but like with the with what he was just talking about, like the younger generation will. They'll do it perfectly, and they'll get it right because it is. It's not a. It won't be a new thing for them. Mm. But fantastic. So, but I guess I'm just saying, like, well, first of all, just I'm sorry that we 
that fine. slip. But um, I know I do know that you know people do, you know they feel like they're on eggshells sometimes mm. when they're talking pronouns. Yeah, and getting that getting that right and wrong. So I so I just is there is there I don't know how do you how did that make does that make you feel are you annoyed or are you no nah, not is that not okay really. to ask? Sorry. No no I think it's a good question. Um, for me like. I'm not too – it doesn't really bother me that much because I know – and especially because it's a relatively new thing Mm. when people are especially referring to me. Like it's natural to, you know, refer to the old pronouns and that sort of thing. Like it feels awesome when people get it right like that. Mm. But I don't really feel upset or anything um, if it's – yeah, if they slip or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I don't mean to put you on the spot and speak for the in, all non-binary people. No, no, I know no. this is just your experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I have a responsibility to say that it is important to get it right for mm. sure. Um, but I definitely, like personally, I un- understand that it is a process. And even for myself, like I'll be talking to someone and then later they'll be like, oh, like send a message and say, so sorry, like I said this. Mm. And like it's complete. Like I didn't even notice. So yeah. But I think the important thing that you just, which which maybe helps me understand, is that you said when people get it right, mm. you feel great. Mm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that's just all of our want to be seen for who we truly yeah. are, and just such a simple thing mm. makes you feel great. Yeah. How yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind. Of, yeah. That's exactly right. Um. Yeah. She her. Like I don't really feel much, but mm-hmm. they them. Like it's. It's nice. I love that. Yeah. Brilliant. Darcy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's, uh, no worries. Thank you. That was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Loved it. If this episode has been triggering for you, we strongly recommend Lifeline on 131114. The Imperfects is hosted and co-produced by Hugh Van Kylenberg, Brian Shelton and Josh Van Kylenberg. This episode was produced by Bridget Northeast, edited by Andy Hall, filmed by Andy Poole and social mediated by George Martin. A special thanks to Dr. M for her expertise and guidance. We'd also like to thank the Resilience Project for their ongoing support. 